as I was saying. <laughs> First of all, if you're watching at home, I sure appreciate your patience with all of this. You know how this goes sometimes. We're working through this. I think we've recently put Ben Moore in charge of all of this. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Missions is a chance to have your service, your body, your part of the kingdom of God in Russiavania to go around the world. It's a fascinating thing. It's an incredible responsibility and wonderful, wonderful people that you meet. Let's thank God for our time. Father, we thank you. We ask that you be a part of this as we learn, as we grow, and as we understand the significance of missions and your mission around the world. Father, please help us to be challenged today. Please help us to, to foster that seed, that desire of service. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Without missions, without missionaries, we wouldn't be here. That's just the way it goes. The gospel of Jesus Christ spreads because people take on this responsibility. or spreads because people take on this role. It has started from the very beginning that way. Probably the most famous, of course, is Paul and his missionary journeys. And people go on missionary journeys all over as the gospel spreads. And ultimately, we find ourselves here worshiping in Russellvania, Ohio, 2,000 years later. Missionaries and missions are of incredible importance. The Word of God speaks. The Word of God spreads through individuals introducing people to Jesus, serving them. And also participating in, again, what I think Paul rightly points out, saving people's lives. He, he, he takes on that role, being this instrument used to save people's lives. We have a team structured here at the Russiavania Church of Christ that keeps their eye on the various missions that we serve. Information comes into them, and then that information is disseminated to the rest of the congregation. I'm going to ask these folks to stand, please. Angel Payne, and just remain standing, please. Angel Payne, Greg Canall, Russ Varner, Leslie Fitzpatrick, Heather Fitzpatrick, Ayla Robinette, almost said Ramos. We did that right here, right? Ayla Robinette, Katrina Eversole, and Amber Carnes. If you look around the room, these are a part of your missions team. If you have questions, if you want to know what the next step is, if you want to be in contact and have information about the various missions that we serve, get a good look at their faces because these are the ones you want to talk to. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Yes. Greg probably has less hair than you do, so just look for somebody like that big guy. He's in the back. There are a couple of missions that we serve uh, every year in two ways. Number one, we provide monetary support at the end of the year, but we also send people, and th these people are rather small. They are kids that we send to various camps around the state of Ohio. One of these camps is Marmon Valley. You might be familiar with Marmon Valley. It's right down the road in Zanesfield. Last year, at the end of the year, 2021, you sent them $350, but you also sent them campers and a member of your congregation that continues to help and assist. John, would you please stand? This is John Young. John Young deals with and, and serves Marmon Valley on a regular basis. And you, you're probably familiar enough to know that they really revolve around, their missions revolve around horses and horseback riding. I spent time there 
when I was younger, we spent time there a little bit at Marmon Valley. We had 20 horses at the house, and then we'd go to Marmon Valley. I don't, I, but, you know, that's the way it worked. Uh, but it's a great thing to be a part of, and it's a great thing to send your kids to. If you have a question, if something like that interests you, I want you to make sure you locate John Young. He's one of the elders in this church. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Another camp that we send campers to, and we also serve monetarily at the end of the year, Last year, you sent them $600 and a lot of campers. And that's just right down the road here on Township Road 37, Camp Wesley. Camp Wesley. It's close to us. It's a, a place that we have gone. We've had elders retreats there. Uh, and many of us have enjoyed the fun at that camp. Uh, you have a special connection, believe it or not, to Camp Wesley. Ashley Phillips, will you please stand? Ashley Phillips is the director of that camp. I mean, if you want information... There's no better person to go to. If you want to know if you can help, how you can help, if you want to know the various uh, uh, things that they offer and ways in which your kids can go there, you can go and talk to Ashley Phillips. There's always something going on in these camps. You recognize Ashley. You know Ashley. She sings up here on a regular basis. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate that. There's another camp that we send uh, campers to, and that's the Western Buckeye Camp over in Houston, Ohio. It's on the other side of Sydney. This is formerly known as Camp Christian. Uh, last year, at the end of the year, you sent them $600, but you also used your time and treasure to help them help build that camp. As a matter of fact, uh, that camp was founded with the help of this church and various churches around this area. I went there as a kid, and look how I turned out. So I, you know, I don't know what that says. But you can send your kids to that camp, and you can be connected with them. I can even, you know, if you're curious about taking a tour of that camp and talking to the director down there, you and me will get in the truck, we'll drive over. It's, it's easy. It's a simple thing. And you can be involved in that. Camp Union is another camp that we serve. This is over in Richwood, Ohio. It's just it really it's in between Bahalia and York Center there. Uh, and last year, you sent them $600 at the end of the year. And this is a place a lot of your kids go. It's a couple of fields over from where Ashley and I live. I have had the chance to serve there. I've had the chance to preach there and teach there and lead worship there. And a lot of other people in this congregation have had the chance to go out there into their chapel, into their barn area, which is really a lot of fun and a great place to worship in the summer. And so we had the chance to serve and preach. I know that Rick Kennedy used to take kids out there all the time. And uh, he would also take crews out to work. And so we've been supporting Camp Union for many, many years. We also give camp scholarships to kids attending uh, Christian camps throughout the summer. That is, we pay a portion of their week of camp when we can and if we can. We've been doing that for quite a few years. And it's not just these camps. There are Christian camps all over the state of Ohio and outside the state of Ohio. And if some of our kids want to go there, we do what we can to help pay their way. You can attend these camps, but you can also be involved in them. And I, I wonder, what better opportunity to begin your service? You can talk to, you can sit down and talk to Ashley. You can talk to John. You and I can go to some of these camps and talk to these directors. You can start for a week and then see if this is something you want to continue. These are wonderful ways of service. Certain weeks throughout the summer. We're going to get in that very, very quickly here at the, end of, uh, at the end of April, we're going to start talking about our camps. Some of the other missions that we serve with our time, treasure, and service. Uh, first of all, weekday religious education. Weekday religious education. This has been around for some time. You've seen the trailers around the county. 
Last year, you sent them $750 at the end of the year. And you have someone in your midst, although she's not in the congregation right now, not sitting here. She's taking care of your kids right now, Laura Ramsey. Laura Ramsey actually teaches throughout the school year at weekday religious education, mobile trailers that go around to different schools. You could see them around if you keep your eyes open. They offer a time and a place for kids, particularly in public schools, to hear the message of Christ, the Word of God, uh, to ask questions. And I, 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 there's, I have a great deal of confidence when Laura is taking over things like that, when she has the opportunity to teach. I know that many of these kids are being taught well. If you'd like to be involved in a ministry like that, you could talk to our missions team. But by all means, you can certainly talk to Laura. And she can give you information. She can give you contact people. She can even bring you along, show you what this mission is like. And so you have the chance to teach at weekday religious education. We also support New Path Pregnancy Center. Last year, you gave them $600 at the end of the year. New Path is located in Bell Fountain on 68th, north side of town, just south of the old Siemens factory there. Uh, I love directions like that around here, you know. It's just, you know where this is, right? It's just south of the factory. Uh, there's also one in Marysville, and there's one in Richwood as well. This is what's known or under the umbrella of a crisis pregnancy center. And crisis pregnancy centers like this are incredibly important, providing needs, both physical and emotional, to women and men when facing difficult circumstances and difficult decisions regarding pregnancy. Now, a lot of the people that they serve cannot actually afford some of these services, and yet they get them at no charge. And why? Because you support the crisis pregnancy centers, you support New Path Pregnancy Center, and people like you, uh, uh, organizations and individuals continue to do that. From New Path website, we find this. New Path is not a nonprofit, non-sectarian, non-political organization dedicated to helping women and their families find solutions to unplanned pregnancies. New Path does not perform nor refer abortions, but offers life-affirming alternatives and information about the risks of abortions and procedures. And so you can walk in there and you can talk to them. We can help you connect there if you want to serve, if that's, a, if that's a passion in your heart. I know that my mom has served in crisis pregnancy centers throughout the years. and She's had a chance to talk to some of these people and get to know uh, the difficulties and struggles in their lives. One of the other missions that we support, you're familiar with this one, is IDES, International Disaster Emergency Relief Service. This has been around for some time, and you've probably heard about it before. Last year, you gave them $500 at the end of the year. They're based out of Noblesville, Indiana. IDES was established in 1973 at the North American Christian Convention by Milton and Janet Bates, along with nine other churches of Christ, just like you. They did this in response to a hurricane that hit Bangladesh just three years before. IDES, we continue to support. They have five main focuses in their ministry, evangelism, disaster response, hunger relief, community development, and medical care. And finally, I want to get to DIRT, DIRT, D-R-T, Church of Christ Disaster Response Team. You sent them $500 at the end of last year. Now, DIRT is based out of Castle Hills Church of Christ in Vandalia, Ohio, very close to us. They do all kinds of things when it, helps, when it comes to helping people after a natural disaster, helping communities and volunteers recover from these disasters. 
they bring a volunteer coordinator. I love the way they do this. They bring a volunteer coordinator into the community, into the local churches, and then they help the local churches set up relief efforts in the disaster area. They bring in mobile kitchens that can serve 3,000 to 4,000 meals a day, and they, can, they serve volunteers and the communities. They have a fully stocked uh, tool trailers. They bring in RVs to help house volunteers. They even bring in shower trailers for volunteers. They purchase food and building material. This is a great one to be involved in. I want to tell you, if you're an adventurous type of person, this might be right up your alley. This is kind of the first in, last out mentality when it comes to DRT. And uh, we certainly have people who in this church who have experienced this. Uh, just three that come to mind, Russ Varner, Greg Canal, and Tommy Bellamy. Would you stand, please? If you guys have a question about DRT, if you want to see a picture of what it's like, Tommy has some information he can give to you, and we can always talk about their different experiences and stories. Sometimes you know what you're doing. You know what you're getting into. Other times, Greg's told me before, it's an adventure. They say, head down to this place, and we don't know what you're going to see when you get there. And he says, sign me up. I'm ready to go. They definitely need help hauling trailers to various areas. So you can be a part of that. Talk to Russ or Tommy or Greg. Make sure you connect with Tommy today, and he can give you some more information. Now, those are all missions that we support, but we support other missions as well. And these are what we might call the big four for this church. Big four missions that we give a considerable amount of time, treasure, and talent. Boots on the ground for some of these. Block ministry is one of those missions. Block ministry. Last year, at the end of the year, you gave them a total of $7,200. In fact, you give them $600 every month. Amanda Rogers is our primary contact in Block Ministries in Cincinnati, Ohio. And if you find Amanda's name familiar, that's because she was raised right here in the Russellvania Church of Christ. In fact, her brother Andy is a deacon in the church. Amanda is the director of the girls' EPO house, and uh, the missions team, as well as the eldership, a couple of years ago, had the chance to go down and visit Amanda while she was on the job. We went down uh, onto her mission field. We got to talk to her. We got to meet some of the people she helps. We got to see the directors. We got to uh, ask questions about how they did this urban ministry. And I, I got to tell you, I was very impressed, and I wasn't the only one. There were a number of people very impressed by what they're doing and how they're setting up these structures. Again, it's an urban ministry, and that's very difficult for a lot of people. I know it would be difficult for me. I'm not an urban kind of guy, uh, but it would be difficult for a lot of people. And yet, there they are, and certainly one of your own, Amanda, down there doing that. They focus on job skills, community meals, women's ministries, after-school programs, church services, art programs. The, on average, Block Ministry serves 3,000 people per month in some capacity down in Cincinnati. Uh, there's an incredible need down in some of the parts of that city. They share the love with Christ. They share practical, real-world uh, guidance and experience for these people. The EPO House, this is a quote from them, the EPO House uh, is just one of their areas in which they serve. The EPO House focuses on providing a safe environment for youth who have nowhere else to turn. Uh, there's four program supervisors, two female, two male. They live at each site to provide academic and behavioral support, healthy living and life skills and mentoring, all of these wonderful things. Cincinnati Public Schools even help. They send teachers with remedial tutoring and mentoring several hours during the week. K-12 
Counseling and community service are required for all house residents. They work with parents, probation officers, courts, and judges in order to develop a plan for success for a lot of these kids who otherwise would be incarcerated. They're going to find themselves in jail. And so this is what Amanda has immersed her life into every day, all day long. And we support block ministry. You support block ministry. We need to continue to do that. French Christian Mission, FCM. That's another ministry that you support. We give FCM, we give Glenn and Jessica Shady $500 a month. You gave them $6,000 in 2021. Since 2016, Glenn and Jessica have served in France with their three daughters, and they're teaching them. They're getting them acclimated to France and that lifestyle and learning all of these languages. Well, we're learning one, uh, you know. Two, they'll know total. All right. And you may remember, we had the chance to hear from Glenn last August when he was here to update us on this mission and reveal some of the things we might not know about the spread of the gospel in that area. I am always shocked when I listen to Glenn speak. You know, we always say, well, I shouldn't say we always think, but many of us think. If you're going to be on a missions team, you're going to serve in a mission, you're going to go to a disaster area, you're going to be preaching to some third world country. And that's kind of locked into our brain. But I'll tell you, once he gets here and he starts talking about the statistics and he starts talking about this hub of activity, well, I get the picture of Paul going to Corinth. He's establishing a church in Corinth because he knows that's where everything and everyone is and everything flows through that. Glenn's really got this same mentality as they go to France, as they work in Paris and other areas around there. And uh, so we, they need our help. They need our support. And sometimes we can't be there as boots on the ground. But we can certainly provide prayer, we can provide monetary support, and we can provide some of these cards that they're writing. You can give them a phone call, you can send them an email if you want to know how to contact them. All you have to do is talk to the missions team or talk to me personally. I've talked to them on the phone, and uh, you can be a part of that. If you're away from home for some time, no matter where you are, whether it's Paris, France, or, or whether it's in the middle of the jungle, and you get a message or you get a phone call or you get an email or something, a letter, a note from home, it, it, it takes the, the, the sting out of some of the days. It takes the edge off. It reminds you that people care about you and they're listening. Another mission that we support is Rise FM, formerly known as Shine FM. You give them $100 a month. Last year, you gave them, pretty easy math, $1,200 in 2021. Now, this is a particularly special mission that we support. Not only are Jim and Charlotte Boyer a part of your church family, but they've blessed this area with Mark Boyer, who is the founder and general manager of Rise FM. And you most likely listen to Rise FM, and if you don't, you probably have friends or family who do, and you should give it a try as well. I'll tell you, every time I get in the, I get in the car, I, I like listening to sports shows a lot, but even on sports shows, you know, Sam gets in, sometimes i got to change the channel or turn it down, you know, just to be safe. And, um, and, and we always... We just go to Rise. I get in Ashley's car. Every time Rise is turned on, you don't have to think about that stuff. There's good messages and there's good music. You can be a part of this. Rise is located in Bell Fountain. Here we go again. Just north of the Dairy Queen, up the hill <laughs> towards the pool. All right? Back, it's, it's the uh, building just next to the Dairy Queen. And, uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, I didn't think in one weekend I would reference the Dairy Queen with as many people, different Dairy Queens around the county as I have. But, of course, I've referenced different Dairy Queens a lot this weekend talking to people. Uh, they also serve uh, different areas. They have an office in Mansfield as well. Another reason why Rise is so special 
to this church is that RISE is going to be our mission for Vacation Bible School 2022. You saw uh, some information out here as you walked in, and we're going to talk about RISE a lot as we go through this year. The missions team has already met with Mark. They've already met with Laura. They're on board and ready to go. And we hope that this leads to further support and awareness. We also hope it leads to further involvement through monetary support and service with our time and our talents. In fact, if you go to risefmohio.com, you can actually click on volunteer sections. It's underneath the contact us page. They list things that, such as their prayer team, their street team that is helping with community events, their concert and event help. As a matter of fact, there's people in this church that have helped with their concert and events. Ben, I know you have. I don't know who else has. Uh, but I know Ben has taken some students there before, one thing or another. And uh, you can help with these things. They even have a section that says you can click on this if you want to help wherever is needed. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I like. I just know I'm free and I want to help. And so you can click on that. Again, we're going to be talking about Rise a lot as we go through this year. All right, here we go. All of these are missions that we support in some way on a regular basis. They're all very important, provide areas of service. But they're also opportunities for you and I to serve with our time, our treasure, and our talents. Look, some lend themselves very easily to personal on-the-ground involvement. If you're talking about DRT, helping with camps, volunteering with RISE. Others, let's face it, they're a little more difficult when it comes to actually being there. Unless you want to go to friends. We'll make it happen. I mean, if you show up, there, don't even call them. Just show up there and say, hey, how's it going? Uh, they'll be ecstatic to have you there for a week or a month or whatever it might be. Some of them are a little bit more difficult, but we can continue to support them. We ought to with prayer, uh, with time, treasure, and talent, letters, and all of this as these teams need it very, very much. There is, however, one more large mission that we support here at Rush Church. In fact, Tommy Bellamy is on the board of this mission organization. You've seen Tommy already today. We give this mission $1,000 per month. That's what you give this mission, $1,000 per month. So that's $12,000 a year. Uh, I had help with that one. $12,000 a year. And that is the Central Brazil Mission and Project Amazonas. Now, some of you have seen this video before, but it is their most current one. And so I direct you to the screen in front. For Welcome those of you who haven't, <laughs> I invite you to take a short trip with Earl and Ruth Ann Hobner down the Amazon. Okay. Update 2020 of the Central Brazil Mission, and especially Project Amazonas, Christ, Life, and Health. Ruthann and I have just completed 50 years of missionary service here in Brazil, as well as being married for 60 years. We continue living in the beautiful city of Guiana, and when at home are faithful and getting in our running and walking. We would love for you to come for a visit. The churches in and around Guiana continue to grow and when in Guiana, I continue to preach, disciple, and baptize at times at the Nobrizonte Church, where we are members. But for the last 17 years, we have been involved in our Project Amazonas, Christ, 
life, and health ministry. With the help of U.S. church groups, we are doing 10 to 12 10-day trips each year. This was our first boat, which we used from March 2000 until the end of 2011. In January 2012, we inaugurated the CBM Amazonia boat, which is being used for all trips. But before the first trip of 2017, it was remodeled. There is much to do before each trip. The boat is cleaned, all the laundry done, supplies purchased, oil changed, and the day of the trip, the boat is taken to the Tropical Hotel. Early on the morning of the trip, Neche and Claudia have gone downtown to purchase the fruits and vegetables for the trip. Let's go downtown from the hotel and pick them up. Our captain, Sunderlay, and his crew of eight are one of the best in the Amazon. The Coast Guard has recognized them to have one of the best prepared boats that navigates the waters of the Amazon around Manaus. After months and days of planning and waiting, you have made the flight from Miami to Manaus. We will now board the CBM Amazonia and down the river to San Sebastian. The boat is well equipped 
with air-conditioned rooms and some excellent cooks. The first thing after breakfast each morning is devotions. Now, let's see some of the activities that you will be experiencing each day during the trip. We also have a large air-conditioned storage room for the many meds as well as one of the best pharmacies in the Amazon. At our greenhouse in Son Sebastian, we are providing three different food items for three different school lunches in the town. We put plenty of emphasis on discipleship and leadership training. Then our Amazon Brazilian missionaries are trained in general first aid, so they are prepared to give medical help to those in need in the villages where they work. Each missionary receives a backpack with meds that might be needed. As we plan for the future, let us share two items with you. First, Michael is getting ready when the time comes to supervise the village churches as the mission expands in reaching many new villages. The hydroplane will be such a blessing for us as we keep in contact on a regular basis with the many village missionaries and churches. Second, the preparation of a Brazilian doctor. Leticia is being helped by Centro Brazil Mission with her medical education 
with the vision and desire to become the permanent doctor on our monthly trips. Alex and Leticia stay in our house while we are on the Amazon boat trips. They both grew up at the Novo Horizonte Church and are now helping at the Gadovelo Church. Come with us to a new area that had never been evangelized. This is a channel that leads to a small town and three large villages with many small villages nearby. We can only get there when the river is up and plan to visit this area at least twice a year. Danielle and his family are already living in the area. On one of the most recent trips, we inaugurated two new Project Amazonas buildings as we prayed with them and saw 18 individuals baptized into Christ. Thanks for taking the time to let us share with you that which is happening in the Amazon. As we thank you for your prayers and for sharing part of your life with us and the people of the Amazon. When we are here in Guayana, we would still love for you to come for a visit. But even better, why not come and help us with an Amazon boat trip? Well, that is CBM, Central Brazil Mission, Project Amazonas. Um, some of you, again, like I've said, have heard that before. 
We had best laid plans. I'm using your microphone right now, if that's all right, Randy. Apparently, my microphone's not working. Um, and so you got a little taste, taste of what this kind of mission is and what you can be involved in. Uh, I would love to go. I want to go. I want to go the next chance we get. In fact, in our house, we flipped a coin. I won, but Ashley said, I'm going anyway. <laughs> said, okay. That's the way it goes. Um, and so I, I'm just excited for the opportunities that you have. We have had a group of people from this church ready to go on this trip back in February of 2021. But unfortunately, it was canceled once the pandemic hit. But we are back at it. And you find yourselves in a very fortunate position. This church is taking another trip to Brazil in February 2023. So just under one year from right now. You've got the time. You get to go. We're still in the process of hammering out every little detail. But Earl and Ruth Ann are ready for us. We've already been talking to them. And this is definitely happening. We'll be leaving Columbus on uh, the 6th or the 7th of February, and we'll be returning on the 17th or the 18th of February 2023. Now, again, those dates are going to be solidified as we get closer. We have information sheets for everybody. You probably have those in your bulletin. We have information sheets for everybody, at least the most up-to-date information that we have. And this church, along with uh, the missions team, Earl Hobner, we're going to be ironing out all the details. So look, you saw the video, and you have some idea of the service that you'll be performing and the opportunities that you have. But we thought it best to hear from just a few, just a few of the people who have been on this trip before. On stage, you have Randy Varner down here on the end. Uh, very impressive that he fits into that shirt. Very impressive that the shirt <laughs> is holding up the way it is. Uh, we also have Leslie Fitzpatrick. She's a member of our missions team, as a matter of fact. Leslie Fitzpatrick. Taj Ham. Right there in the middle, Leanne Thornton, right here on this end, and Jim Hoffman, way down there on the end, again, missing his shirt. Actually, he has a shirt on. Good for us, though. And these are by no means the only members of this church who have served in Brazil. Uh, if you have served in Brazil in the past, will you please stand up? If you've gone to Brazil, will you please stand up? And while we're at it, if you've not had the chance to go, just like last year, but you can stay standing. You can stay standing for a second. If you've not had the chance to go, but you did go through some of the work that's involved in preparation, would you please stand? We've got, I know we've got one still in the congregation. Okay. All right. See, you can look around. If you're curious about Brazil, look around. See these people. You can go to every single one of them. You can say, tell me your story. How did you get started? How did you get involved? How did you come across some, or, or, or navigate some of the difficulty that comes with preparing for a trip like this? Okay, thank you. You guys could sit down for a little bit. All right. I have got some questions that I want to ask this team up here. And we'll probably embellish a little bit because we're actually doing pretty good on time. First person I want to talk to is Jim. You got your microphone on you, right? Okay. Jim. You ready Am for I this? No? Huh? All right. Question number one for you. When it came to preparation, when you came to deciding to go, when it came to the moment you de you've decided to go on this trip, were you apprehensive about that? Were you scared about it? Were you nervous? And what was it particularly that caused you or encouraged you to participate in it? 
my apprehensions came long before I ever signed up. I had no intention of ever going anywhere outside of the United States here. Um, I'm sure there's quite a few of you out there like me. <laughs> I'm the old red-blooded American man. If, if uh, I live in the greatest country in the world, why would I ever go anywhere else, right? That was my attitude. I believed it. I still kind of do, to be honest with you. But I did go. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the thing that got me to go the most is the stories. You know, there are a lot of people out here that have gone on the trip before me. And I took the time to listen to those stories. And the shortest, easiest way I can explain this to you is I hear stories from people all the time. And they'll tell me a story about something that happened here that could be fantastic, great. But then they'll tell me a story of Brazil. And it's so much different. You feel the passion. You feel the excitement in their voice when they're telling you that story. You hear it in their tone. You, you see it in their body language. They want to tell you that story. And that's what got me interested. Um, plus, we had a few friends that were interested in going. I thought, well, you know, if I got to struggle, I can maybe struggle with these people. But it was really Lynn that finally gave me the push. He just flat out told me, I need this trip. It will help me, and I will certainly help others. And he really kind of gave me that final push. Once I decided to go, I was all in. And I do not regret a minute of it. And I have signed up for every trip since. Well, sometimes Lynn has a way of doing that. I think he's watching this morning, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes his way of asking is, you're going. <laughs> what you going to do? Well, Leanne, I've got a question for I've got two questions for you. All right, number one, I want you to piggyback on Jim, uh, on, on Jim's question there. Was there anything that you were apprehensive about? Was there anything that, uh, you know, particularly that encouraged you? But also, just kind of while you were there, what was your most memorable moment? Can everybody hear me? Okay. For me, um, I had hit a pretty low point in my life right when that trip was going to happen. Um, I had lost a pretty important career, and we had no money. But something just kept saying, go on this trip. I had met with Lynn. Lynn was like, go. You need to go on this trip. <laughs> um, it will help you. Um, I'm like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, we, were, we didn't have the money. We seriously did not have the money. And he was like, you'll get the money. The money will come. If God wants you to go on this trip, the money will come. So I chose to have, and I did not go with the church, by the way. I, um, a group out of Indianapolis called Change needed extra people for their trip. And Lynn talked me into going with them. Um, if he was here, I would probably strangle him. But he knows the, he, he knows the struggle on that trip because he was on it. Um, I had a bake sale here at the church because I enjoy baking. And I got every penny I needed to go on that trip from this church. And from others, a few others outside of the church. But this church needed that one. Um, but my most memorable, so we had to meet up in Indianapolis. I didn't know anybody. Lynn and Julie, I think, were already over in Brazil. So I wasn't going to see them until I was on the boat. Had no clue where I was going, what I was doing. I basically was just told, fly here, fly here. You'll Somebody will be there to meet you. 
group was pretty young. So I get to Indianapolis, and there's a girl who comes walking down the hallway, and she says, I am going to be your roommate. And this is just at the hotel. And she has for her every color of neon beach hat possible. <laughs> she has every beach toy possible. And the first thing she says is, I went on a cruise so I could practice for this trip. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, one of the, the number one thing they had told us was dress down, don't be flashy, anything like that. So the entire trip, she is in her neon beach wear, and she is just laying out in the sun. And total, I mean, she had a heart of gold. The girl had a heart of gold. And in the end, she got the whole purpose of the trip. But it was just so funny that she thought we were going on a cruise. <laughs> um, the first time she had to take a shower, and if you ever go, you will understand. <laughs> first time she had to take a shower, she thought she was going to die. So, um, so I can understand people being nervous when they go with a group. You went by yourself. I went by myself. And you were st this was you were still able to do this. I mean, it was still was it still productive? Was it still very good? meaningful? Very very meaningful. And I would do it ten times over. Well, Randy, we had an order here, and I already messed it up. Randy, I've got a question for you. I, I know. It's the one mistake we've made today. Um, what was the greatest difficulty, either during the trip, leading up to the trip, preparation, leaving work, family, that type of thing, and how were you able to manage it? This is a, this is a big question. This is, a lot, this is what goes through a lot of people's minds when they're presented with this opportunity. There we go. Well, I got I to gotta stand up and I got to walk when I talk. Um, <clears throat> so I got the pleasure of going in uh, 2008 and uh, 2012. So I've, I've done two trips. Uh, this is my 12 shirt. The 8 shirt probably would not fit, I, I'll be honest. Um, so I, I accepted Jesus in, in uh, May of 06. And I was on fire. And I made this stupid pledge to myself that I wouldn't say no to anything this church asked me to do. That actually ended up in me preaching a sermon one time that I had no business doing. Oh. Uh, later in 06, my brother Russ and Lynn Cleveland are talking about going to Brazil. Randy, you need to go. I said I wouldn't say no to anything, right? Well, I don't think I can afford that, Lynn. I really don't. He goes, can you afford $40 a week? from now until we leave. Crap, I think I can afford that, Lynn. <laughs> I need to talk to my wife. And God bless her, she was, go! Now I'm like, she, she's scared to death that every plane crashes. So I'm like, she's trying to get rid of me here. <clears throat> so I said I'd go. I said I'd go. Well, first thing I did do is buy life insurance. I didn't ha have any at that time. I was leaving my wife at home with a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and when I said yes, I'd go, I didn't know that she would also have a two-month-old when I left her home alone. That was a big struggle for me. That was hard on me to leave her in that situation. Um, the other thing is you have no contact. So I didn't take a cell phone. 
we were days before I was able to send her an email, that we had Wi-Fi that I could actually send her an email to let her know I'm still alive. You're not getting the insurance money yet. <laughs> but my mom, my mother-in-law, and this church took care of my wife and my kids while I was gone. Everybody stepped up to the plate, and she had a best probably vacation of me gone she's ever had. That's, that's trip one. Trip two comes around. I want my wife to go. What are we going to do with three kids? Interesting thing. How, how are we going to handle that? Well, the, the real interesting thing is I find out that all my siblings are going. So me, my brother, and my three sisters are all going, and their spouses. What a vacation, right? Everybody plans to go with their whole family for a week and a half on vacation, right, where you can't get away from them right? Great, which actually was a blessing. I, I'm so glad I did it. What are we going to do with those three kids? So again, my wife believes every plane crashes. Who's going to take care of my three kids if that happens? All my siblings are going with me on that plane. Think about that. My mom had her entire family on that plane. And my mom and my mother-in-law weren't spring chickens, so I, w I wasn't sure that I could leave my kids with them. My next-door neighbors, who have been friends my entire life, who also have seven children, I went over to them and said, hey, if something happens to us, would you take in my three children and raise them as your own? They said yes. So I had wills drawn up before that trip giving my three children to my next-door neighbor. <laughs> Not bad plan, right? <laughs> and all my belongings to my mom to sell, to give to my neighbor to pay for my children. Now, on top of that, the interesting things after we said we'd go is, Jody tells me she's pregnant with number four. <laughs> so Jody does that trip in Brazil Six and a half months pregnant, I believe it was. Of course, all planes crash, remember? So, so she was a mess on that one. But, so, so my point to this whole thing is if you think you have a reason of why not to go, man, it all can work out, trust me. You, you can make it work if you really want to. It's, it's a matter if you have any interest in it. Um, I will tell you that I have been blessed beyond imagination from that trip. Um, the first time I didn't know I needed that trip. Again, I was on fire, but I had no idea how powerful Jesus was until I spent that time in Brazil. And you want to talk about seeing a different person. Lynn Cleveland from Russiavania to Brazil, totally different person. Holy mackerel, is he fun. <clears throat> exactly, yeah, see, everybody knows now. They get it. Sorry, Lynn. <laughs> so I, I strongly encourage you um, think about this the money will happen don't let that so nobody has kids until they can afford it right so you never have kids right so it's the same with a trip okay you don't go on a trip until you can afford it the money will come it'll happen have faith in Jesus he'll take care of you and it's a blessing I'll let you talk John
Well, I wasn't apprehensive about going until all that plane crash talk you were just had. <laughs> well, the good part is I only crashed once, right? Yeah. Okay, I've got a question for Taj. Taj, people are very interested in this. Uh, in what capacity? See, some people think you're just on the boat. Some people wondering how it's on the boat. Some people wondering the different things we could do. But in what capacity did you serve when you went on the mission trip? And, and talk about the different uh, options and the different things that people have. And by the way, did you find it challenging, fun, easy, boring? I mean, you name it. What's, uh, what was it like? Since Smash Gone, we built a house for Elzea. What? It is on now. <laughs> so, all right, back to the beginning again. Are we good for free? All right. Um, we are. John, today is just, it's great. There's been nothing happened, nothing's went wrong, right? I love this place and I love these people. I really do. And earlier I said, those who are watching at home, thanks for your patience. I don't know if they're being patient. They probably left by now. <laughs> okay. All right. So we went in 2012. I'll start over. In 2012, we went on a missions trip uh, to Brazil. Um, we had the whole Varner family with, with me on this trip. Jim was with me, of course. Um, so we... Go on the boat, um, went to San Sebastian from Manaus, and our job was to build a home for Eliseo and Enelea. And I probably butchered that up, Lynn, if you're listening, but. Um, and so the ladies and some of the gentlemen left on the boat for, for the medical part of the ministry, and we stayed behind. And um, like I said, it, it was modern tools, you know, it wasn't a Thomas Marker construction kind of thing, and we went and built this house. It was. We had to build our own ladder when we got there. Uh, we did have a chainsaw, um, but everything else was hand tools, hand saws, hand everything else. Just trying to picture Amish, you know, only I think the Amish here have more tools than what they have down there. Um, so, you know, we're digging holes, we're uh, framing up stuff, and a lot of people may not know this, but I have some despised heights. But I was up on a roof, and I did fall off the roof. But the sand at the bottom was really soft, so I didn't get hurt too bad. Um, it's just the fellowship with the people there. There's a language barrier, of course, um, also, which throws another wrench into the whole thing. That, you know, you either got a thumbs up or you got a thumbs down when, when you're cutting a board or, or putting up roofing or putting siding on. Um, it was just, but that made it, that, that difficulty made it more fun in my eyes. It was kind of, you could just see their facial expressions when you would do something wrong. It wasn't, get the thumbs down and be like, you know, they just kind of look at you really funny. And, you know, as far as I'm looking around for a level, just to level these boards up, and I and, uh, can't remember, Ronaldo? Yeah. Ronaldo was the, our lead there, and, you know, you 
with your eyeball or whatever else, and he would just turn around and just give you that thumbs up, hey, you know, it's close enough, you know, we're not building, building the ark here, so, um, but that experience, and just working with all these guys, like I said, and working with the people there um, was just, it was amazing. There was ministry there that nobody really had to talk to do the ministry. It was a actions, a feeling when you were there that, that God was speaking through you, you were working through him, and the people in it. Um, another, I'm a little bit off topic here, but you know, it was, we had a, a cook, and every day at lunchtime, lunchtime was your big meal there. So, you know, uh, we would go to Santana's house. She was the cook that, she lived right beside the house we were staying in. And every meal was fabulous. It was stuffed. Well, I used to be a really picky eater, but <laughs> as you can tell, I'm not so much anymore. But, um, you know, I tried many different dishes there. One I didn't like was the fish with the rolls in it. I could do without that one, but um, and just the, the people, the, the house we lived in, or that we stayed at, it was uh, just a little chaotic, I guess, maybe a little. There's just and people. I guess the thing that really surprised me is you wake up in the morning. Sometimes there'd be somebody there that you had no idea who they were. They would be sitting in the living room, maybe, you know, sitting there talking to somebody else, and you just wake up and like, where, where'd these people come from? You know, <laughs> they're just being household people. Because the door was always open. Everybody was always welcome, no matter age, you know, it didn't matter. You were welcome at anybody's house there. It was just like you could walk in and go take a nap on the couch if you wanted to, or to the neighbor guy's house, you know. Um, but there's so many more stories there that I wish we had more detail to go into. But the last one I'm going to stick with. Um, is sitting on the patio out back behind the house. And we had a couple kids that kind of, I guess, tag along or followed us along. Marcielle and Marcella. It was a boy and a girl. And I know we lost a few articles of clothing to Marcella because she would go into our backpacks and, hey, you know, can I have this shirt? Oh, sure, go ahead, take it with you. <laughs> you know, Marcielle was more of the construction site kind of kid. Um, he would just kind of lay there. He, he would be there and help us. A little bit here and there. Um, and then the other part was, you know, it's not like you jump in your pickup truck and go to Lowe's to get supplies. This had to be planned out pretty far in advance. And you had a three-wheel bicycle and a cart on the back to go get your lumber, your supplies, whatever else you needed back. So at every corner of that construction site, there was, it wasn't, it was, there was a challenge of getting just supplies there. Um, and the last one I'll leave you with is we were four blocks from the place where we built the house, from where we were staying. And <laughs> I'll just leave it to this. There was some difficulties with, you don't drink the water when you're there. You don't drink, you don't drink the tap water. Um, I'll just leave it at that because, you know, I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. Thank you. sand pit dug behind a tree or a bush back there, but, you know, you had to watch who was back there and what you did back there, and so, yeah. I am privy to that story, no pun intended. Let's leave it there, okay? <laughs> All right, so we've talked a little bit about before you go and while you're there. I want to talk a, a little bit 
about when you get back. Leslie, you're the uh, only you're a part of the missions team, and actually, you're one of the uh, only ones up here. It's kind of coming into this a little cold. We we met. You weren't able to meet with us, um, but I do want to ask you about <clears throat> when you return, um, particularly your life as you reflect upon the way you see service, the way you see the world, the way you see yourself um, due to your time spent on the mission trip. First of all, go ahead and tell us where uh, in what capacity you served, but also do you notice that your life is more because of it? And, and in, in what way? All right. Can everybody hear me? No? Hello? Good? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so I was part of actually the first uh, mission trip uh, that this church went on clear back in 2004. <laughs> um, so I can safely say that, you know, this trip definitely impacted my life because 18 years later, I still share the experience with people. I still get emotional when I think about it, when I talk about it. Um, I had the unique opportunity that on this trip, um, it was actually adults and teens. Um, we took about a one-to-one -one ratio of adults to teens. And um, my da oldest daughter, Megan, um, went on the trip. Um, she was 14 at the time and uh, was getting ready to be a freshman in high school. So not only did it affect my life, but I got to see how it affected her life. And um, before coming here today, um, you know, we've talked about the trip many, many times. But last night, um, you know, I talked to her, um, you know, asking her, you know, what, what would you share? Um, but I just want to share a quick story about something that occurred um, on the trip. My capacity um, on the uh, boat trip was to um, assist the dentist. Now, mind you, I do not work in the medical field. <laughs> um, I, I work at a bank. <laughs> I, uh, before that, I was a florist. Uh, so, you know, had the closest I had come to working with the dentist was going to the dentist. Um, and the dentist was a Brazilian that spoke no English. Uh, and of course, I speak no Portuguese. <laughs> so um, originally, my daughter was actually going to be the one that was going to help the dentist. Um, but she uh, saw the dentist do the first uh, injection in a person's mouth and about passed out. <laughs> and so she's like, Mama, I can't do this. <laughs> so they're like, well, why don't you, you know, you go ahead and do that. And I said, okay. So she ended up helping with as the children were coming on the boat, um, you know, getting their weights and measurements and all of that. So assisting the dentist, um, consisted of me uh, most of the time uh, just holding the suction for them and then being there for these people. You know, some of them had never had any type of dental work done in their life, you know, had never experienced anything like this. 
Um, so one time, one village in particular, there was a girl. She was 16 years old. And um, unfortunately, um, her two front teeth had decayed and rotted so severely. The dentist attempted to put fillings, um, but so, you know, she didn't lose her two front teeth, but unfortunately they were too far gone. And um, so they ended up having to be pulled. So I am standing there, you know, holding the suction for the dentist, but more holding this young girl's hand, tears running down her face. You know, she obviously, I'm sure, you know, she's a young woman and now she's not going to have two front teeth. And so I'm standing there and I'm just holding her hand. She can't understand a word I'm saying, but I'm just telling her, it'll be okay. We're here. You know, it, we're, you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And, you know, I just, just kept talking to her. And I truly felt in my heart that God knew that she just needed to feel comforted. You know, I felt that, that I needed to comfort her. And so she, the procedure finally finished. And she is, you know, the tears have stopped. And the dentist, you know, is talking to her, which I don't know what the dentist is saying. It's all in Portuguese. But she turns to me and she hugs me. And I just, you know, that, that feeling of, I realized that I was showing God's love just being there, holding her hand. That simple act made an impact on her. And so that was the first time in my life that I knew that simple things could show God's tremendous love. And so for me, you know, that's one of the biggest things for the trip is knowing that I don't have to do some big elaborate act or, you know, it can just be a small thing that I'm showing God's love to other people. Um, and in talking to my daughter, Megan, she, you know, at the time, as I said, she was 14, so it affected her life, um, but she think now, you know, she's 30, 32 now, and she is, she calls that a building block to her life, you know, it's a part of her foundation. At the time, she goes, yeah, it affected me, but I didn't know how significantly it would affect my life. She said, you know, I went, her and I both talked about this, we went thinking, we're going to serve these people, we're going to help these people. We both felt, you know, her in, in her teenage ways at the time, you know, and mine, we got so much more in return. I mean, at times, I, I have felt guilty, you know, at, the, at times I felt guilty that I'm getting so much, you know, what am I giving them when they're giving me so much? And uh, my daughter, Megan, she said, you know, I ex when she goes, when I expected, she goes, I knew there were people that didn't have things in this world. She said, but when I went to the villages, she goes, I had more of a mentality that it was going to be, 
I was going to help these people who were in poverty and that, you know, she goes, I, I equated it more to people that had gone through maybe a disaster, like a hurricane, that they were, you know, so desperate for our help. And she goes, and it wasn't like that. She said, I went, and she said, they very much appreciated our help and, you know, welcomed us. She goes, but they were happy. She said, they were happy people that were living their lives. And she goes, that, you know, and, and I felt that too. It was, they, they generally, genu genuinely appreciated what we were doing for them, but they wanted, they wanted to give to us. And that just, those emo all the emotions that it brings up, I just would not, you know, change any of that for anything in the world. Well, thank you, Leslie. I appreciate that. Actually, that gives me a very good perspective. We're just about out of time. We are out of time. So tell me, I want to go through the line here. We'll start with Jim. 30 seconds, okay? 30 seconds. What is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody right now, presented, because everybody here is presented with this opportunity right now. I don't know how many times people get a chance to do this in life. And, well, I guess if you're here quite often. But <laughs> I don't know how many times, really, people get a chance to do this in life. Um, one piece of advice you would give somebody who has this opportunity. This is a big one for me. Uh, one of the things we don't talk about is the free time. Uh, the first trip, a lot of free time. And we... We could do what we wanted, really. But you, what you have to remember when you go on this trip is to let yourself go, to, to embrace the experience, not hold back. I mean, if you go, have fun with it. These people want your happiness. They don't want your troubles, your sorrows, or any of that. They don't want you to feel sorry for them. Have fun with them. So any inhibitions you have, let them go. Enjoy your time there. Very good. Actually, it's really good advice. Tyus, what's what's one thing? There's more than one thing, but keep it under 30 seconds. Um, I guess the biggest thing is, if you're presented with this opportunity, take it, embrace it, go with it. Um, you know, prayer, just like we talked about the money before, the money will come. The people taking care of your family will be there. Um, so don't be afraid. God is leading you to do this. He's not going to lead you somewhere that you're going to be hurt. Something that happened. You're going to be doing his work there, and just go for it. Leslie, is anybody going to be upset about this if they take this opportunity? Is anybody going to hate the fact that they took this opportunity? They're going to love it. Um, I, just to reiterate what Taj said is that you know don't don't be afraid. You know if you're feeling those pricks to your heart, um, don't be afraid to follow it. Um, at the time that. I made the decision to go, um, like many people on this panel, it was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. You know, how am I going to make this happen? Not only for one person, but for two. Um, you know, and the second person had no means to raise any money. <laughs> um, so don't be afraid to, that was one of the first times in my life that I really took a giant leap of faith making the commitment and and just take, being able to experience it coming to fruition. Yeah. So just don't be afraid. Leanne, what are you going to leave people with here? Um, de 
definitely just go. Just do it. Good advice. Um, no matter what. And also, I actually had met a family at one of the villages. Five of their seven children were special needs. Immerse yourself in that love. That family took me into their home because I spent time with some of their kids. Took me into their home, um, showed me their home. They didn't have anything, but they had a whole lot of love. And that has always stuck with me. The one child that wasn't special needs actually learned one of our devotion songs in Portuguese, and he sang it to me that night at church. So embrace yourself with these people because they are some of the most beautiful people you will ever meet. Randy? So the Nike commercial, just do it. Um, so I, if, if you'll step up to this challenge and you'll do it, you're going to spend time while you're preparing to get ready to go telling people how you're getting ready to go to Brazil and you're going to make this impact in these people's lives and you're going to help these people and all this great stuff you're going to do. And then you're going to turn around and you're come back and you're going to see all those same people. You're going to say, holy cow, those Brazil people had such an impact on me. I don't think I did anything. I've been changed forever. That's what this does. It, it's amazing. You got time for a funny? No, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so. It's not Russ's thing. Is no, it? no, 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 no. <laughs> Some of the fun experiences of Brazil. Uh, in South Sebastian, uh, we was doing a building and, uh, Wesley, the preacher there, said, Randy, we need, we need a couple boards. Come on, come with me. So I jump on the back of the dirt bike with him. Well, they have a law there that you have to wear a helmet on this dirt bike, and it's sand. Dumb. Anyway, we go down to this lumber mill, which is sitting on sand. It's a sawmill on, on sand. You know, the knob and tube wire just laying on top of the ground with all the sawdust over it. It's great. Oh, should love it. Grab these 16-foot boards, and I'm like, Wesley, how are we getting these back down to the site? He says, well, you're going to hold them. <laughs> so I get on the back of the dirt bike behind him with 16-foot boards laying across my leg, and we're going down the road with people walking in other dirt bikes, and all those boards hanging out. I'm like, great memories, great memories. How about uh, I got in trouble for diving off the top of the boat into the river uh, at a village because all the little neighborhood neighbor or village kids were doing what I was doing. So I got yelled at because they didn't want the kids jumping off the boat. Uh, ask the story about the alligator hunt. They, they, they will, they will ask you. They will, those people <laughs> seek you out. And that brings us to our close. Look, what's, what's your next step? If you're interested in missions, if you're interested in Brazil, talk to these people. Just talk to them. That's the next step. Pray about this. Talk to your families about this and be involved in missions, okay? We're going to close with a prayer. Why don't you guys stand up? I want, we're just going to close with prayer, and I want you to go home. I want you to be thinking about Brazil. You have your information, all right? You can contact us. You can t- contact the church office, and we're going to uh, end this time of missions and remembrance. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunities that you give everybody in this room. We thank you that we can be a part of your expanding kingdom all over the world. But this in particular, what an amazing gift that you give this church. The connections that you've made, the the, the people we know, the opportunity right here in our lap, right in front of us. Just say yes. 
and go and work down in a, in a, a place that you have ba- built, a place that you have made, a place naturally beautiful and exciting. I thank you for that. Father, I ask that everyone here begins to think about this mission uh, happening next year, that everybody uh, fosters this little desire in their heart right now and begin to ask questions and talk to, talk to people and tell stories, Father. I thank you for this. Father, I ask as we leave this place, we will continue to worship you and honor you in all that we do. Certainly, I hope, Father, that we will continue to support your missions and missionaries around the world. I thank you, Father, for your grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're dismissed.